Welcome to the Whistle Way podcast. My name is Kyle Whistle, your host with EXP Realty in San Diego. My name is Brian Kochi, Director of Marketing here at Whistle Realty Group. The goal of the show is to give you the tools, techniques, and tactics to go out there and crush it in your business. The way that we like to do that is to answer the questions that you have for us. If you have a question, you can always submit it to thewhistleway.com. You can ask us questions on there. Subscribe to the podcast and YouTube channel. Join our referral network and our private Facebook group and email newsletter where we share a lot of tips and tricks. And get dialed in with Half Price on our Media Mayor Mastermind video content creation course, um, all at thewhistleway.com. And if you enjoy the show today, we appreciate it. Give it a little thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube and hit the subscribe button, little notification bell if you want more of our content. And if you are watching or listening on a podcast platform, if you could hook us up with a review on there, those reviews go a really long way for us. Um, that's what I got. So a couple of weeks ago, um, we talked about the great real estate resignation. Um, agents leaving the business in droves is your prediction. Um, as the real estate market shifts and change, changes and gets harder, um, we, I mean, it makes sense that there'd be less people um, doing the job. We already, you said you saw one real estate school in San Diego said they saw a decrease of 60% or 60% decrease in um, people applying for, for, their school. Um, and so we're seeing that kind of the writing is on the wall. There are going to be less real estate agents a year from now. Yep. Um, that's cool. That's fun. Everyone's listening to this like, wow, that's wonderful. But I know, I know you guys talked about this a couple of years ago, but the gift is in the shift, right? Mm-hmm. How do you take this harder real estate market and actually do something good with it? How do you, how do you, instead of, burning out how do you thrive yeah for sure so i think a lot of people don't know this but i started in residential real estate in the bottom of the market like i literally shifted to residential in 2008 which was exactly when all the the chaos was happening with the the meltdown and timing is not your thing sometimes but actually it was it was because where the where I made that change is I was in the commercial space and we were selling apartment buildings to people who would then take the apartment building and condominiumize it. So they would take uh, the building, they would gut it, remodel all the units and then sell them off individually as condos. And they were making stupid amounts of money. But the city started coming in and saying, you can't do that anymore. And they put these rules in place to just stop it. And the reason being was that People started by converting like a 10 unit building. Then they did a 20 unit building. Before you knew it, they were doing a 100 unit building, a 200, 500 unit buildings. And it was depleting the supply of rental apartments for sale. And so the city realized they had to put a stop to it, which they effectively did by requiring you to have an absurd amount of parking spaces in order to convert condos. Although today you can now build a building with 500 units and 50 parking spaces. Go figure. Um, So now they've gone the complete opposite direction on that. Um, well, they didn't have bird scooters back then. Right. Yeah. Everybody rides a bike to work from out of here or stays at home. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and so my investors at that point, a lot of my investors are like, well, I can't buy these apartment buildings anymore if I can't convert them to condos. The numbers just didn't make any sense at that point, but my investors still needed to invest their money. And so they started asking me like, Hey, I saw this short sale, you know, deal over here. And at that point there were houses under $200,000 in San Diego and um, yeah, I see this foreclosed problem. Now these are beaters and 
rough neighborhoods, but I see this foreclosed home or this REO home over here. And, and I start looking, I'm like, holy cow, this girl's got 300 short sale listings. This guy's got 300 REO listings. I was like, man, that's, that's crazy to see that people have that many listings. And so I started to realize like the things were fading on the commercial side and there was this opportunity on the residential side. And so I jumped in and um, I was working with my dad on the commercial side and I was like, dad, I appreciate everything. I'm out. And then started my own thing on the residential side because I saw opportunity in a down market. There's always opportunity in every market. You just got to see where that opportunity lies. And so I saw that there was opportunity in that down market to uh, ideally help people not get foreclosed on by doing short sales. So I focused heavily on short sales initially um, because I wanted to help people avoid foreclosure, which was a super fun thing to do. Um, But in the event that there's people who just didn't seek help and just gave up and they got foreclosed on, I wanted to be the person the banks called when they needed to unload those properties. And so just started focusing on that opportunity, jumped in and, you know, built a lot of relationships and helped hundreds of people avoid foreclosure and sold, you know, probably a thousand plus properties for the banks. So that was you taking advantage, not, I don't want to say taking advantage, but, but seeing an opportunity, seeing opportunity. Yeah. The opportunity we have now looks very likely different, correct? Yeah. Um, because but we're not going to, that's going to come back. Do you, do you think we're going to have, have as many foreclosures as we did then? No, but I think you will have some. Okay. Because this is the thing. Uh, I'm gonna. We don't always date stamp these, but today is Monday, July the 25th, and San Diego is down 5%. The media doesn't pick that up. I mean, there's agents posting on Facebook. Down still. 5% since when? Uh, in the last, like, 30 days. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of agents. I mean, I'm seeing agents even posting on social media. You know, oh, values are still up. They're like, no, they're fucking not. They're down. Like, they're down, like... If you just take month to date closed in July and compare it to the same period in June, that's a very good sample size. You're going to see there's about a 5% decline. Um, and I think we, we've got further to, to slide. So people who just bought their homes recently and did it with minimal down payments and then they lose their job because a lot of people have lost their jobs. Now you lose your job and the value of your property has declined. You can't pay anymore. You're upside down and now you're a short sale candidate. Um, some states that process goes very quickly to go from not making a payment to getting foreclosed on. In California, that's a seven plus month or six plus month process. Um, So we're a long ways away from it in California, but am I going to start reaching back out to all my contacts from the banks and the foreclosure stuff? 100%. Um, The short sale stuff will happen a lot sooner though. So that's what you wanna look for is if you start to see short sale activity, that's the predecessor to foreclosure activity happening. So I think that you absolutely should be looking at those opportunities right now. So some people don't know what the fuck a short sale is. So we should talk about that as I didn't know the first time a client called me and wanted to sell their property and it was worth like $200,000 and they owed 300. I was like, sorry, dude, you're screwed. Like that's literally <laughs> sell what it I told and them. then come up with more money, please. Like, why would they take less than what you owe them? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Well, that's called a short. sale. Uh, so if somebody needs to sell their home and the proceeds don't cover the, um, the balance of the loan, and it needs to be sold and the person has a hardship and can't afford to pay, banks will allow somebody to sell a home short of what they're owed. And so what does that, how does that affect the the consumer? Um, I mean, their credit's going to get wrecked if they're not making payments. And then they're also going to take a hit when they actually short sale the property as well. And so 
when they do that, when how long did, until that comes off their record? Or it depends on the financing type. It could be as short as a few years. Now, there's some funky loans that will allow you to literally buy the day after you do a short sale. So there's some workarounds with that. Those sound very legit. Yeah, traditionally it's a few years, but the damage is much less after a short sale than it is after a foreclosure. So it's far better for somebody to do a short sale than a foreclosure. And a lot of banks were. What's crazy is, you know, at least back then, and we'll see what they do this time around, but they were financially incentivizing people to short sell. You could make a no payment for like six months, sell the home for less than what you owe the bank, and then the bank would give you money. Wow. Crazy. But it was better for the bank to do that than to let it get foreclosed on because now they got the property back in decent condition. They didn't have to pay all the legal fees to actually foreclose on you to get the property back trashed. Or with you squatting on it, and then they got to get you out. So it was cheaper to just pay people to leave. So you said you're going to be reaching back out to your contacts. Yes. But someone that's listening right now, maybe they don't have 15, 20 years of experience. And they they didn't go through 2008. There's two primary conferences you want to start going to. One is called REOMAC, R-E-O-M-A-C. And the other is called Five Star. You should look into going to those conferences for sure. If you want to start learning about this stuff. And then there's a group called CDPE, Certified Distressed Property expert i think is what it stands for i would start um looking into them and, and what they offer as well because they're more focused on short sale training so how do you okay so you go there what else do you do to build your business obviously you become an expert in short sales right uh-huh. we, didn't we have we had someone who's a business partner with you now wasn't he called like short sale kurt or yeah it was that was his mm-hmm. name yeah that was his, his mo was yeah. being short sale kurt um so yeah i mean you want to make it known that you specialize in that, right? We just, the episode that we did recently, we talked about like giving something a name, like he gave himself the name, short sale Kurt. A lot of people, you know, registered a homeowner defense network and, you know, names like that to help people. That seems dope. Uh, I like that one. Did you do that one? <laughs> no, oh. I had a different one that I don't want to share because somebody will steal it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I think that's part of it. That's not really where I wanted to go with this episode, but I think it is important because I think that opportunity is going to present itself and you should be prepared for it. Um, do that now. Don't wait for those things to happen. Be the person who makes them happen. Um, but there's the main opportunity that I see that's going to happen is there's going to be opportunity for teams to really thrive. I think you're going to see teams grow massively through this market because so many people are, if they don't get out of the business, like we talked about in the, the great resignation, they're going to be looking for ways to minimize their out-of-pocket expenses um, because they're going to be fearful that there's going to be less deals happening, which there are going to be less deals happening. I don't fight that. But the thing is, there's going to be way less agents to split those deals up amongst. And the agents that you know, push through this market are going to gobble up an unfair share of those opportunities that are out there. And so I think you're going to see a lot of people who are on their own that feel like they're on an island, that feel like they're lost, don't know where to go, and they, they're just bleeding money every single month. They're going to be looking for guidance. They're going to be looking for teams where you have a leader who's at the forefront of it, facing these things head on, not afraid to have the difficult conversation and tell you, the market's going down right now. Like, I'm amazed at seeing leadership in other companies posting publicly that the mark's not going down. Like, you're full of shit. The mark's going down right now. Um, you got to be with a leader who's shooting straight with you and equipping you with the tools that are needed in a down market. Because if your leadership's telling you the market's good and you're going on a listing appointment because that's what your leadership's telling, which you should believe your leadership. If your leadership tells you the mark's going up, you should go into appointments believing the mark's going up. You should trust in your leadership. But if your leadership's telling you that today, and again, we're here late July, your leadership 
is out of tune with what's happening. So you need to be with somebody who's an actual leader who knows what's going on is, is teaching you the tough conversations that you need to have. We're doing a whole meeting tomorrow about how do we recalibrate the listing presentation for a down market because a lot of people don't know how to have that conversation, how to set the proper expectations. So um, I think you're going to see a lot of people look for teams because they don't want to be bleeding out. And the cost per lead with some of these lead providers out there, I mean, you're 500 bucks a lead, 1000 bucks a lead. I mean, if you can even get it. If you can get it, yeah, which, you know, some of these lead providers are we have already testing in multiple markets going 100% away from paid leads and just giving them to their partners. And so what a lot of companies have realized is let's not just give leads to whoever's credit card will go through. Let's give leads to the people who are going to provide a good experience to to our consumers. Because, you know, Zillow at one point, I don't remember the exact number, but it was around 50%. It was like their studies showed that 50% of the leads that were generated never got a phone call back. And people were paying hundreds, if not thousands of dollars for these leads and not calling them back. But guess what? They don't think, oh, well, Acme Realty didn't call me back. They think Zillow didn't call me back. And that's a bad look on Zillow. And now people don't want to use Zillow anymore. Zillow realized, let's give the leads to our partners, like the best performing teams, and they're going to provide a better consumer experience. And you know that's what they've gone to. And again, there's multiple markets now where they're that's the only way to get leads is it goes to their vendor partners or you're to their actual partners as opposed to who's willing to pay them. And so I think as more lead providers go that route, because they're realizing that that provides a better consumer experience and there's an opportunity for them to make more money. Now you might not even be able to go like, I think they Raleigh's one of the markets they did this in. I don't remember the other one that they flipped recently, but there's markets like you can't even buy those leads anymore. So that's another reason why I think people will go to teams that have those types of opportunities. I know our team, you know, we're 25 days in the month with Zillow. We've, we put 10 Zillow flex deals pending in 25 days. Like that's not bad. That's, that's pretty solid. Yeah. I think Zillow's going to be happy with that too. Yeah. They'll get their cut. <laughs> right. So now we're providing a good experience for them, but we're also providing high quality leads to our agents. So it's a, it's a win for Zillow. The consumer's getting a good experience. It's a win for us because we're getting a high converting lead. So we talked about cutting expenses. I want to know what expenses should an agent cut? What expenses should an agent not cut? So maybe maybe the team is right for them, or maybe they're on a team. But where should they cut, and where shouldn't they cut? What's what's going to be a a short term gain for a long term loss? So the area you shouldn't cut is what's you're focused on your existing database. Like that's where you shouldn't cut. Where you should cut is some of the areas that don't benefit your database, and then the dumb shit that you heard about at a conference. And you, wait till our whistle widget of the week until you, we tell you buy more dumb shit. <laughs> I mean, people are going to conferences and somebody says, oh, I, I use this website, this app, this system. And people go and spend tons of money on that dumb shit. Um, and then they're not even paying attention. They're not tracking their return on investment, their conversion rates or anything. Like what I would tell you to do is whatever all your credit cards, just cut them right now and call your credit card company and tell them you lost your wallet and you need new credit cards. And then they're going to send you new credit cards. And then you're going to have all these companies call you and be like, hey, Kyle, your card didn't go through. Uh, did you have a new card we need to update? Oh, I didn't know I was still paying for this shit. Cancel. Oh, I, I'm paying for that. Damn, that was like three years ago. How much? Oh, my gosh. I'll be like two grand to these guys. Cancel. So um, eliminate a lot of that stuff. You don't even know what you're paying for. Some of you guys don't, you know, not only do you not have a profit and loss statement, you don't even look at your bank statements to see what you're being charged for. So, um you know, you got to go in and, and figure out what are you spending money on and is there a return on investment or not and, and start cutting those things that there's not. There's 
there's a huge one that we're probably going to be cutting very soon because we've been digging into the numbers and it's just not making sense. And we're seeing there's another area where it's making more sense. We're not going to mention names, don't worry. Um, there's another one that's making a lot more sense. And so we're going to take that money and shift it over to there. And we can actually get a higher quantity of leads for the same price, which they're converting at a higher rate. Or we could just cut back the expense and then take that money and either just remove that from the bottom line or we could reallocate that to more sphere database type stuff. But I think your, your sphere and your database is not where you cut right now. Would you even say go the opposite with sphere and database and instead of cut, go harder. go harder? Yeah. Yeah. Because those are the people that are going to trust you. Like they're there for you. They're your ride or dies. They, they believe in you and, and they trust what you tell them. So I think that's, you know, if there's anywhere, that's where you should be most focused. Um, and then just be cautious of the lead sources you are paying for and make sure that they're actually providing a return. Um, the benefit of paid lead sources, if you are working with the right ones, you know that they're returning and you should double down on those. Like the one that we're gonna take money from and, and move it to this one, this one over here is doing really well. We should go harder on that right now. Um, the reason for that is you need new leads in this market because all those leads you had from a year ago, they're out, right? Like you probably retained a few of them, but a lot of them are out because the rate was 3% and they can't stomach that it's over 5% today. You need to fill your pipeline with new people. And so I, I think you should still have some sort of source that's bringing fresh leads in. Just be smart about where you're spending it. And, you know, it's, it's sad that sometimes we need things like this to happen to force us to actually go and like see what we're spending money on. But you should be, you know, and if, if you realize it, you're probably going to be like, damn, I wish I was doing this more often. Um, but hey, better now than never. Is there anything else you want to cover on that? I think that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, the other the other things I think is just being overly communicative mm. with your your database. So when I say database, just understand I'm talking sphere, I'm talking past clients, I'm talking referral partners, I'm talking all of that. When Current I say database, clients. Current clients, yeah, I'm talking everything. Um, I think you have to be overly communicative because the other agents out there, a lot of agents are scared right now. That's fine, you could be scared. Um, I love this market personally, like I'm super pumped for change because again, I know it's gonna weed a lot of people out. Um, so I really embrace this kind of a market, I embrace change. Um, but a lot of agents are scared. They don't know what to say to people. So they just say nothing at all. And if you say nothing at all, you fall off of people's radar. You fall off their consciousness. And you want to be top of mind. You want to be, you know, in their consciousness and their subconscious. Like you want to be the first person they think of when they think about buying or selling. So I, you know, you and I, we just shot four videos to release so we can start going weekly with videos where we were going bi-weekly with videos. Because we want to be in front of people more frequently than less frequently right now. Cool. I like it. Um, if you want to know what to say, you can join our Media Mayor Mastermind course where those four videos that Kyle and I shot, um, we had the team edit and then we will be releasing those weekly as scripts. Um, and if you want to know how we're doing that, we're actually going to be doing a, or how we're sending it to our database, we're going to be doing a pot or a webinar with, um, with viral marketing. So it's not, well, by the time this goes live, um, webinar.kylewhistle.com will forge you to that. Uh, wait, is it webinar.kylewhistle? I didn't set that shit up, but let's run with it. Well, it better be. Webinar.kylewhistle.com. Cool. Well, hopefully you guys got some value out of the show today. If you did, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button. If you got some questions, throw them in the comment section. And if you want more of our content, uh, you can hit that subscribe button and that little notification bell. Um, and if you're listening on a podcast platform, hook us up the review. It means a lot. 
Um, if you are thinking about joining a team, if you're in San Diego, Riverside, um, we are growing our team right now. We're, we're excited to grow in this market. Um, you can go to join.kylewhistle.com and you can see kind of what we're all about and see if uh, joining Whistle's a fit or if you're not in San Diego, but you want to be a part of something where you've got some leadership that's um, you know guiding you through this market and maybe you want to explore being a part of our fast forward movement at eXp. Um, shoot me a DM on Instagram at Kyle Whistle. Happy to have that conversation. Give you a little sneak peek into our mastermind. They probably see me post about all the time. Um, love to give you a little sneak peek into what we do there too, to see if that might be a fit for you. So if you are looking for some direction, you're not getting it where you're at, um, shoot me a DM at Kyle Whistle on Instagram. Um, and if you have a question you want to have us answer on a future episode of the show, you can always go to thewhistleway.com and you can ask us questions on there, subscribe to the podcast, get dialed in with our Media Mayor Mastermind video content creation course. It's half off right now. Um, you can subscribe to the podcast and YouTube channel, join our, fa our Facebook private group, our referral network, and our email newsletter all at thewhistleway.com. Um, before we wrap today, we want to share with you something we refer to as our whistle widget of the week. This is something that we utilize in our business that saves us time, makes us more money, or just helps us have more fun. Yeah, so the, mine that I'm going to talk about, we haven't, we don't, haven't received yet, but we have purchased. Um, as our team grows, as our team expands, we need more and more space for our weekly meetings, and we need to utilize more and more technology so that way we can um, speak to our agents wherever they are, whether they're in Riverside or La Mesa or San Diego or Carlsbad. Those are where we have our offices. But wherever they are, we can kind of communicate better. And so we've been constantly working on getting a cleaner, um, better setup for our Zoom and one of the things that we're going to be utilizing in the next couple of weeks um, is a microphone that you can throw. So this is called the Catchbox. Um, they're a Lithuania-based Lithuania company. So we just got news that it's been shipped, but it'll be a couple of weeks until it gets here. Um, but basically, it's a microphone. You can kind of think about it in a, as like a microphone in a pillow. So you can throw it. People can speak into the microphone. We'll have that going into our board so that way people on Zoom can hear. Um, and really will allow our audience to engage our in-person audience to engage uh, cleanly with our um, online audience. Um, but also the reason Kyle wanted it is it gives him something to throw at people. So if uh, they have a question or not, if they're not paying attention, maybe uh, a catch box will be coming out their head, but um, pretty neat. We're excited about it. Hopefully it works as we expect it to. Um, but wanted to give you the most up-to-date information we have is we just bought one. Cool. I'm going to be in the uh, the same line there with you. So this is something we utilize. Um, we found it to be really good for conferences. And we've also found it good when we're in a, a larger room where we need to have a microphone. So if you don't want something to toss around, um, we're using these Jabra little speaker phones. And the thing that I love with this one, it's Bluetooth or you can just connect it via USB. It's wireless, so you don't have to be plugged into a wall. Um, so if you're in a conference room, it's great. Set it in the middle of the room. It has a really, really good microphone. But if you're in a big room or a, a big conference room table, you could put one of these at each end of the table and they will pair together. And so you could have two, three, I don't know what the limit is. I know we can have at least three of them all paired together. Um, and they can work really, really well for having like a multi-microphone speaker setup in a room, um, in a conference room. So the Jabra Speak 710. It's pretty sweet. How much are they? A few hundred bucks. Yeah. They're not cheap, um, but they work really well. Dude, conference rooms, like if you want to look at ridiculously stupid expensive stuff, look at like business telecommunication stuff. The the little triangle um, 
speakerphone that you see on conferences are like three grand. Like I used to work at a telecom company. Just the phones, the desk phones with like, you know, different lines and stuff are like $800. It's insane. But that's not a bad price. And uh, we use them uh, every week in each office. Yeah. Cool. Consistently. Awesome, guys. Well, hopefully you got a lot of value out of the show today. Again, Kyle Whistle with EXP Realty. You can always hit me up on Instagram at Kyle Whistle. And I'm Brian Kochi. Thanks so much for watching. We'll see you next week. Later, guys.